From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. The text for today is found in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 8. I will give thee for a covenant of the people. Jesus Christ is himself the sum and substance of the covenant, and as one of its gifts, he is the property of every believer. Believer, canst thou estimate what thou hast gotten in Christ? In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Consider that word God and its infinity, and then meditate upon perfect man and all his beauty. For all that Christ, as God and man, ever had or can have is thine, out of pure free favor, passed over to thee to be thine entailed property for ever. Our blessed Jesus, as God, is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. Will it not console you to know that all these great and glorious attributes are altogether yours? Has He power? That power is yours to support and strengthen you, to overcome your enemies, and to preserve you even to the end. Has He love? Well, there is not a drop of love in His heart which is not yours. You may dive into the immense ocean of his love, and you may say of it all, It is mine. Hath he justice? It may seem a stern attribute, but even that is yours. For he will by his justice see to it that all which is promised to you in the covenant of grace shall be most certainly secured to you. And all that he has as perfect man is yours. As a perfect man, the Father's delight was upon him, He stood accepted by the Most High. O believer, God's acceptance of Christ is thine acceptance. For knowest thou not that the love which the Father set on a perfect Christ, He sets on thee now? For all that Christ did is thine. That perfect righteousness which Jesus wrought out, when through His stainless life He kept the law and made it honorable, is thine and is imputed to thee. Christ is in the covenant. My God, I am thine. What a comfort divine! What a blessing to know that the Savior is mine! In the heavenly Lamb thrice happy I am. 
my heart it doth dance at the sound of his name. If anything is obvious in this modern society, it is that people are confused, frightened, and uncertain about the future. Where does one look for the solution to the universal problems of guilt, doubt, and temptation? A number of years ago, Dr. Alan Cairns produced a booklet entitled A New Beginning, which deals with such questions as, How may I have my sins forgiven and my guilt removed? How may I be sure that I possess eternal life and that I am not deluding myself? And how may I enjoy the Christian life and live above constant failure and frustration? Dr. Cairns answers these questions from the Word of God. A new beginning is for inquirers into the nature of the Christian message of salvation and for Christians desiring to gain a good grasp of the first principles of the gospel. It is useful for both personal use and for group study and discussion. For a free copy of A New Beginning, you may call us at 864-244-2408.
That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A New Beginning, and we'll be happy to provide it. today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues to look at the message of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Dr. Cairns is taking as his text the narrative from chapter 6 of John's Gospel. In the course of the message, he is presenting three views of Christ as taught in this miracle. First, we see him as the creator of life. What the Lord did here was no magical trick. It was a miraculous creative action bringing an abundance of food out of a few small loaves of barley bread. Then we behold Christ as the sustainer of life. Indeed, he is the bread of life. In the third view, Christ is seen as the redeemer of life. He is the seed that had to die before it could produce fruit. In this case, salvation and eternal life for sinners who believe on him. Now Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of this message on the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Let us not make the mistake of the Jews who with all this evidence before them were blind to the significance of the miracle and they were blind to the fact that their creator stood before them. He's the creator of life. But second, he is the sustainer of life. For he fed them. And here is a glimpse of the powerful truth that the Lord Jesus upholds and uses all he has created as he pleases. Again, I want you to see the the force of this miracle. He created the very stuff that made the bread. In his hand, he created enough food to feed a multitude. I'm not going to rehash that. But remember, he did it. And by the way, anybody who's ever followed the creation-evolution debate will know this and make sure we never forget it. Don't be blown away when evolutionists talk about the appearance of great age in creation. As soon as God created, by the very fact that he created a running universe, 
it carried in it the appearance of great age. If you met Adam one day after he was created, you might have said he was a man of 30 or 40 years old, but you'd have been all wrong. He was one day old. If you'd had some of these uh, scientists do their test to get the age of the universe, one day after God said, let there be light, you'd have found that uh, they'd said it was millions of years old. Look at it here. If you had taken that bread in your hand and said, where did it come from? You'd have said, well, first of all, there was a farmer, and he went out and he tilled a field. And then he took the barley seed and he sowed the field. And then there was a period of rain. And then there was a period of sunshine. And then there was the latter rain. And then there was the final sunshine. Then there was the harvest. Then they went out and they reaped. And then they took what they had reaped, and they made it into flour. And with the flour, they made a dough, and they put it in an oven, and they baked the bread. And this bread is the product of months and months and months and months of prior preparation. That's what it looked like, because it was a creation. But you'd have been all wrong. Christ created it. And now he uses what he creates exactly as he pleases. Having created, he upholds. Hebrews 1, 3, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Colossians 1, 17, a text that I cite, I think, hundreds of times, that by him all things consist or all things hang together. He is the one having created these things. He is now using them. And let's understand that. Our Savior is our creator, but he is also our sustainer. And here is a sweet and intimate view of this sovereign sustainer. As we look at this miracle, we see him having compassion even on those who were rejecting him. And what does he do? He takes his creation that he is sustaining and he uses it to feed them and to bless them and to give to all who were willing to be fed, to give to them who wanted. Notice again his words, they need not go away because I am willing to use my creative and sustaining power, I am willing to use it for their good. The sustainer of life. I want you to stop and think of this this morning. Daniel, the prophet, spoke to Belshazzar of him in whose hand thy breath is. This is the picture we get when we look at this miracle and understand its true significance. He's the sustainer of life. Those people were not only fainting in the wilderness, but they were being upheld by the sustaining hand of Christ. All he needed to do was take it away, and they wouldn't only have fainted, they would have perished. What a picture it is. The very people who were opposing him, who were saying with a sneer, what sign do you show? Why should I trust you? 
Why should I acknowledge you? Those very people at that very time were being sustained in life by the one they sneered at. Let me speak a word. And I trust it will hit your conscience. To some of you who live your life in open defiance of Jesus Christ. Live your life perhaps in total indifference to Jesus Christ. I want you to stop and think today. The only thing between you and eternity... Is his hand that holds you in being. And this sovereign sustainer of life is willing to come today to say to you, you don't need to go away. Some of you will leave this place, and if you leave without Christ, you'll be going off again into the darkness, into the turmoil, into the void in the emptiness of a godless life. You're going out to face life and death and eternity without a hope, without God. But Jesus says, you don't need to go away. Notice what we're told. Matthew tells us they did all eat and they were filled. Christ so sustains life that he's the great satisfier. He is the one who, unlike the world, feeds you with food that really meets the need of the soul. I have emphasized the coarseness of the food that the Lord used, and I think that that was for good reason. The world comes with what the Scripture calls its dainties, its confections. The world offers people what appears to be sweet. Jesus offers what the world despises. It's mere barley bread. To the eye of the world, there is something very unattractive about what Christ offers in the gospel. It's not attractive to a worldly mind to confess sin. To lament over sin. To admit before a holy God, I deserve nothing but divine wrath. And if God sent me to hell today, I would have to say, Thou art righteous. I deserve it. That's not attractive to a worldly mind. It's not attractive to the mind of the world to come with the bitter herbs of repentance and lamentation over sin to say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Jesus' sake. That's like asking a person who's used to French cuisine to eat barley bread. But the confections of the world will never satisfy. The dainties of the world will never meet the need of your soul. When you're facing eternity, 
as you are. You're going to need that bread which is Christ himself, which satisfies the soul, sustains your life in being and in right relation to God, and gives you the assurance of eternity with him. Christ is the creator of life. Christ is the sustainer of life. And finally, the view that I think is outstanding here is that Christ is the redeemer of life. And this is why we read in John's Gospel, chapter 6. And again, if you look carefully at the passage from verse 50 all the way through to 58, you will find the Lord Jesus expounding on this wonderful truth, I am the bread of life. How does he become the bread of life? Well, first he comes down from heaven. That's the first step. Then second, he gives his life as a sacrifice for the life of the world. And then, having given his life and shed his precious blood, he presents himself as the object of faith. He says, you believe in me and my atoning death, and you will live forever. Think of the parallels. A corn of wheat, and it's true of any seed, is useless unless it falls into the ground and dies. Christ's coming from heaven would be useless unless he went to the cross and died. As wheat or barley would have to be worked upon and milled to produce a flower, so Christ endured the crushing wrath of God. As the bread is baked in an oven, so he underwent the fires of the cross. In other words, he says, I'm giving my flesh, I'm giving my life for the life of the world in order to redeem you from destruction. When the people saw him take the bread and give, all they were thinking of at the moment was filling their bellies. But Jesus had a much higher end in view. He had the end of saving their souls. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. To this very day, what men want out of Christianity is that which satisfies the flesh. They want to fill their bellies. They want to meet the need of the moment. They want the surface good feeling for the moment. But few there are who really care about the redemption of their soul. Listen to me. What Christ is saying to these people, in effect, is... You eat bread to fill your belly, and you'll be hungry again tomorrow. And whether you eat tomorrow or not, you're going to die, and you're going to go out into eternity. Moses gave them manna from heaven, didn't save them from dying. They died, and many of them died eternally. Do you see what he's saying? You could have a healing touch from God to heal your body. And go to hell. 
You could have God do a miracle in your flesh and yet perish forever. The Lord Jesus is saying there is something vastly more important and it is to realize that your creator and sustainer has come to be your redeemer and that's what you really need to have his redemption. And he had a very good way of putting this over to them. You were hungry yesterday. How did you satisfy the need of your bodies? When I give you bread, you eat it. When I give you fish, you eat it. How did you meet the need of your bodies? You didn't admire the bread and the fish. You didn't hold a philosophical discussion about how it got there. You didn't turn and talk to your neighbor about it and leave it there. No, if it was going to do you any good, you eat it. How then can you pass from death unto life? I am the bread of life. I present to you the means of forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, peace with God for time and eternity. I give you a life that death cannot take away. I give you a certainty of heaven forevermore, life now and life forever, redeemed by the power of the blood which I will shed for you. This is what I offer to you. How do you respond to it? And what he's saying is, as a hungry man eats the bread for himself, so you take my flesh, my life, my righteousness, my sacrifice, my merit, my goodness, my virtue. You take all that is in me. You eat that. You take it by faith to yourself. As a hungry man eats the food, so a dying soul stretches out and by the hand of faith takes Christ for himself. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. Founded by Dr. Alan Cairns, Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 